0: Hey everyone, it's Arnold with Warm Welcome. Hope you've been well. I know it's been a minute. Um, Ben is not with me today, but I do have two special guests I wanted to introduce to you. So I have Stephanie, who's on our With Warm Welcome team, and she actually helped spearhead the New York City Baker's Box project. And I also have Anna, who is helping us on the ground from Chicago, and she's helped curate the Chicago Box too. So, We're sitting down, chatting about Baker's Box, how it all started just in March, actually, middle of March, and how it's turned into this kind of nationwide tour and what we deem is very important to this project. So without further ado, this is my conversation with Stephanie and Anna, and I'll circle back with you at the end. I'm in LA, Anna is in Chicago, Stephanie is in New York but I'm excited because we're gathered today. Oh my God, it sounds like a sermon. We're gathered today, but uh, we're, we're here today because you know we are all working on the Baker's Box project and I, we just wrapped up Los Angeles volume two. New York was in March, which was the first inaugural box. So I just wanna spend some time talking about Baker's Box, how it started, why it started, and even over the course of doing the two cities, I feel that there was a lot of overlap in terms of just frequently asked questions that I wanted to address in a more podcast format. And then obviously introduce you, Anna and Stephanie, uh, as you guys are huge integral pieces to to the Baker's Box project.
1: Sounds great. Thanks for having us.
0: I guess I'll start off real quick and give a little bit of context about what Baker's Box is. Um, and feel free to step in, Stephanie, because you're definitely part of this too
2: yeah I know it was only last month that it actually was uh, conceived the idea, but yeah, you can start and I'll jump in and you know sort of where I fit in in the story
0: yeah, because you you put up a blog post for ICE, which is a school you know you're currently attending right now, and you, you talked briefly about Baker's box and what it mm-hmm. was, so people listening I'll put a link in the description you can check that out too as you are following along but It was born in mid-March, and it was born because, actually, Stephanie had reached out to us out of thin air, as it it always is. It's just an incredibly crazy story. And um, I had always wanted to do a bake sale for With Form Welcome because I had seen Bakers Against Racism and how that played out, and I, I just loved that mission. Um, and I always wanted to do a bake sale and it was March, March was Women's history month. And I wanted to celebrate and champion female and just woman empowerment specifically in the Asian American community, because that's the community that we amplify. Um, but I wanted to make that important distinction because I think a lot of people are misunderstanding this Baker's box as a response to stop Asian hate. that's not necessarily the case. We always intended it to be more so the former meaning celebrating and championing. Asian-American woman. And during that time when we were coordinating together, um, there was a spike in Asian hate crimes and it was all over social media. And we felt obviously like everybody else felt helpless. But at the same time, we were already in the thick of coordinating this event. So we decided to donate um, 50% of the proceeds to Apex for Youth. So that's kind of how that angle came about. Um, And I just wanted to make that very clear. Because I've been getting a lot of interview requests about Baker's Box, and as a response to Stop Agent Hate, that's not the case at all. <laughs> um, it, it never was meant to be. I guess it just coincidentally timed up with uh, the unfortunate events that transpired recently. Um, but yeah, just wanted to make sure that was communicated. And um, maybe Stefan, you could talk about kind of how you got involved, and uh, you know, the, the, just putting together the New York one as well. Cause I think that was kind of crazy. The timeline that we worked with. Um, maybe you can provide a little bit more insight there too, if you don't mind.
2: Yeah, definitely. I was actually looking at my calendar. So it was Monday, March 8th when I even first spoke to you and the creative director at with warm welcome. Yeah. And then March 13th, I met Esther and Ben, um, both on the With Form Welcome team in person. Um, And yeah. And then our inaugural Baker's Box was the last day of March. So it was sort of like a two week turnaround time where yeah, just so many moving parts, putting together lists, reaching out to people, getting people to submit their ingredients, photos, bios, um, you know, working with our whole creative team on just the graphics, illustrations, marketing, you know, um, working with Sakura Chaanbanban, Packaging, uh, talk, just so many moving parts. But, you know, I think I am always up for a project. I loved the idea behind it and just the vision, Arnold, that you had for it. And so I was totally down to be involved with the project. And I think for me, um, as Arnold mentioned, I'm in culinary school right now studying pastry. You know, a lot of these Asian American uh, female pastry chefs, um, they're role models to me and people I really look up to. And so, Um, you know, it was such an honor not only to put together this project, but also to be included as one of the bakers in the box. Um, And so, you know, I think the way Arnold put it was uh, we really want to highlight both established and emerging uh, pastry people, bakers. um, And so, yeah, it was just such an amazing project to work on. And I think it was fun uh, or it definitely was fun just seeing it all come together. I think the two days, the first, you know, um, where we were packaging and then the day of pickups, um, just so amazing to see people's support and excitement for what we were doing.
0: I mean, I think you nailed it too. I, I I was so inspired to feature this very specific demographic, which is it checks all those boxes of underrepresentation. <laughs> um, you know, traditionally like working in restaurants myself, especially in fine dining, you when you work at these restaurants if it's a tasting menu restaurant, especially, you get to the end of the tasting menu. It's usually like two dessert choices. <laughs> it's either a chocolate one or a fruity one. And yep, you look at the pa-
2: accurate, right? yeah. Yep.
0: And then you look at the pastry team, and it's like a team of two, three, as opposed to a team of like fifty savory cooks. And so the pastry department and pastry teams are always honestly overlooked, underappreciated, underrepresented. So you start there, and then you look at it, and you're like, oh. And then you're Asian American. And you're a female, it's like i just I just think that is a very specific demographic that honestly gets zero recognition for the work that they do. And even if they do, they're not the ones directly getting it. It's usually a benefactor of the chef's name that's on the restaurant, right?
2: yeah. And that was such a crazy two weeks for me as well. Cause actually I was going on all my trails, um, which for those of you not in the industry, it's sort of when you go and work a shift for a day as sort of an interview for a restaurant. And so it was just a crazy time of just being able to balance all that, but it was exciting to me too, just to, you know, see these people that wanted to be involved in our box, many of who have come from the fine dining world. Um, and that's sort of um, what I'm envisioning for how I'll be starting my career. So
0: um, before we go into the experiences of running. In New York City, LA, and now even Chicago. I, I just want to introduce Anna to to the audience too. And if you want to share a little bit about yourself and you know why you got involved and how awesome you are, <laughs> I would love to touch on that next.
1: Well, thanks for the opportunity to to be here with you guys today. Um, so i I was uh, born in Hong Kong, and uh, my parents immigrated to the states uh, right before I turned a year old. So I consider myself a first-generation Chinese-Vietnamese American. Um, I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri, go Cardinals, and uh, worked behind the counter of my parents' chop restaurant. So I'm also a restaurant kid myself. And um, you know, my parents ran it, just the two of them, for 26 years until they retired, um, gosh, like 10 years ago in 2011. So sold it to a different owner, but the name still remains called Kowloon Chop named after a city in Hong Kong. And um, it was a small carry out type of restaurant. You know, we had two tables, no air conditioning inside the kitchen. And, um, you know, AC was only reserved for the waiting area for our customers. And I remember working there almost every weekend, every holiday, um, doing everything except for the actual cooking. So I'd clean, wipe tables, take orders, do the prep work. Um, And I remember as a kid, I would take extra long stocking the sodas in the fridge in the summertime because we had no AC. (laughs) So I remember, I I used to dream about sitting inside this fridge and just staying there because if you've ever been to St. Louis in the summertime, it gets pretty hot and humid. And then you add in a few ovens and walks inside that kitchen, you know, it gets really uncomfortable. But my parents did that for six days a week, 13 hours a day, hardly any vacation for over two decades. Um, but, you know, when, when I look back on it now, and Arnold, I think you could probably relate to, it's a real life education, right, about work ethic and service and the importance of food in a community and seeing firsthand how hard my parents worked. And when you work in a restaurant, your job doesn't end when you turn that close sign around, you're busy preparing and prepping for that next day. I think how we got connected is um, I had, I think you guys had left some comment on the drink Sanso's Instagram page, uh, which is the Asian sparkling water company. And um, it was one of those scrolling marathons I was having with myself at two in the morning when the kids and my husband are in bed and really when all moms use that time to get their life together and worry about everyone in the family. But um, I, I had learned about you guys through their page And I reached out to you guys um, and I think I said something along the lines of, you know, it's so nice to find people with a shared background and passion for what we're doing. And I was just so impressed with your podcast and the projects you guys are working on. Um, I think you guys were the first to comment on my um, first post. So now here we are six, seven months later working on this Bakers project together.
2: Yeah, that's really cool though. And I mean, I didn't even know any of that about your background. All I knew is like Arnold was like, Hey, I met this really awesome person named Anna and she's based in Chicago. Like let's do this. um, You know, let's bring Baker's box to Chicago. And um, I was actually looking through my texts because when we had our first call, you know, right after I texted Arnold and I was like, wow, I really like Anna. She seems amazing to work with. So I'm so glad that you found with warm welcome and um, you know, are really like the catalyst for us bringing this to Chicago.
0: I, was very fond of you and how you know you communicated and and i'm so glad that you reached out because kind of segueing into the next thing this baker's box project was supposed to just be new york and la to be completely honest because you know we didn't see that far out we didn't see that we didn't know that there was this runway for this project um we we did New York mainly because that's where I spent the majority of my time before I moved to LA and a lot of my networking connections are still in New York. And so that made the most sense. And obviously Stephanie is there too. And then LA made sense because it's like, Hey, you know, I was coming back home anyways. Um, so I figured to do an LA box, but I think the moment you reached out was when we decided to do LA and then you're like, Hey, you should do Chicago. And I'm like, yeah, we should do Chicago.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember listening to your podcast. I think it was the March one. And it was towards the end where um, you said that you were planning one in LA. And I had thought, you know, this would be an amazing project to do in Chicago because there's so much talent here. I mean, it's the city's so diverse in terms of its offerings. And there's so much creativity that just hasn't been fully explored. So you know, what a great opportunity this would be to celebrate Asian American talent and excellence here and kind of bring everyone together in a way that I don't think has been done before um, in the city. So I just want to thank you for being so supportive of bringing this idea to the Midwest. And I love how this all kind of came together so organically. You know, honestly, when we had our initial call, I thought, you know, you would just be giving me pointers on, you know, how to do something similar here in Chicago. But it was just so reassuring to hear your interest and your enthusiasm for coming out here. And I know, I know, for sure, um, I would not have been able to pull this together, nor could I package this all so beautifully uh, without you and your team. So, you know, thank you to you and and Stephanie and and the whole With warm Welcome team.
2: Yeah. I mean, as Arnold said, it's sort of a whirlwind. So, um, you know, it was definitely an intense two days, but, you know, in the best way possible where after you're done with it, you're just like, everyone's just so happy, so proud of what we've done. Um, so I think for New York, um, on the 30th, I think it was, um, we were at Cha'an Bon Bon. Uh, actually, we were at on Tea House that day, and we were just packaging all day. Um, it was amazing to meet all the bakers who came to drop off their pastries and just see how excited they were. And then on um, the day that we had pickups, um, we had huge support from the uh, Apex uh, Apex for Youth crew. Uh, you know, a lot of them came out to support people on the board. Um, I personally got a chance to like, reconnect with high school friends and just different people I didn't even know were aware of. what we were doing. And people were so excited to receive the boxes. I mean, they were just beautiful. The illustrations by Sohi and the graphics by Jenny and, um, packaging, um, and the baked goods themselves. And so, um, I mean, I was just so excited to see everyone posting on Instagram and, um, seeing everyone enjoy their treats. So I think it was a huge success.
0: This whole idea and concept came to life with the help, you know, of Stephanie meeting her and, And then I think the next step of actually thinking that this has the legs to go into different cities across the nation kind of was planted with you, Anna. So this is super cool for me to just spend some time with the both of you because you both have been such a huge inspiration to me personally to, to really think on this and say, you know what, like this is something that has a lot of potential. And like you had said, Anna, I think there's a lot of talent across the nation, not just in New York and L.A. And I think... I wanted to touch on that too where a lot of food media is just really centered around those two coastal cities and not much in between or north or south of LA and New York. And so for us to be bringing this to Chicago and then hopefully, you know, the ultimate goal, the ultimate goal is to maybe even go to St. Louis, you know, with this box. Like that's that is the ultimate goal is to go to a you know, not a major city and be able to Source and find locally based Asian American talent, but also be able to sell it and 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 get awareness, raise awareness about the talent that's there in that city. So, um, I think that's how, like you said, I think that's how this is organically evolving. And I'm so happy about that because that's so important to to me and my team at With One Welcome. Where. Things have to kind of fit this way in a very natural way. You know, nothing is really forced with us. I mean, this project is a good example of that—just how organically it's grown and it is growing. Um, getting like getting you involved, and I'm so excited. I am so excited for Chicago. The photos look amazing.
1: Yeah, from all the pictures that I've seen for the L.A. and the New York one, everyone just had the biggest smiles on their face. Um, you know, when they were carrying the their. Those boxes and bags, so it looked like uh, an amazing time for both cities.
0: Aside from it being fun and just playful, and it's positive, and that, and and that's the whole point of the project too, is to spread positivity. And I think that this this box is a really tremendously great way to do this for people to taste through eighteen desserts from eighteen different individuals, while also reading the bios of all the bakers. You know, that's really what makes it special. And then the last pickup, I just want to share a quick story too because. You know, she came a little late, which is fine. Honestly, and it's fine. We we always budget an hour just in case because, you know, life happens. And so she had emailed me and she was like, I'm really sorry. I'm, really late. I'm like, don't worry about it. I'm not going anywhere. Like I'm, I'm here. And she came and um, I stepped away for, for a second. And so she was talking to Ben and we found out that she's uh, she had breast cancer and that she was a breast cancer survivor. And she was diagnosed and going through treatment the whole time last year with COVID also. So it was a very difficult year for her as I, as I'm sure for everybody, but especially for her. And she was just sharing the story of how to get through this hard time. She would indulge herself in buying a cake and, and just pastries from Go cakes. So Go cakes is located in San Marino. It's by Stephanie Fong. She was also part of the baker's box. And coincidentally, Stephanie Fong was at steep with us, just hanging out, just hanging out. And so when, when Ben was conversing with this guest and she was sharing how awesome Stephanie is and her desserts and this and that Stephanie was coming out of the restroom. And then I had kind of came into the scene. I was like, I flagged her down immediately. I was like, Stephanie, I know you literally just use the restroom, but come, you gotta, you gotta meet this person. You have to meet this person. And so I was like, all right. Stephanie, me, you know, the, the, the guests I came to pick up and it's incredible, right? Like this is the first, she's ordered from Go Cake so many times and she's never had the opportunity to meet Stephanie or even knows of Stephanie, right? Stephanie Fong and vice versa. Stephanie Fong, Steph ha- had also told Ben a few hours before how it was really difficult for her because she's always in the kitchen. So she doesn't really get to see the guests that come to pick up. She doesn't really get that face time. And so there's, there, she went through a difficult patch where she's producing these beautiful desserts, but she never gets any sort of feedback, which I'm sure you know some, some bakers listening could also, and chefs or anyone that's back of house can relate to. And so you know, for them to both meet just, just so coincidentally at that time during that day, it was such a special way to wrap up the project too. I just was like, this is crazy that you're the last guest and Stephanie's here at the same time and they they made that connection. Um, So anyways, I just want to share that story. And I think that those moments that happen during pickups, and I can, you know, New York had some similar stories too, but that makes me realize that this is really important work just to humanize all the bakers and kind of let them know that there's a community around them um, and then also to let them know that their work is appreciated and recognized. So yeah, that was a really cool moment for, for me to see and witness. Um, so I just want to share that about the LA Baker's box aside from all the cool Instagram stuff and cool photos and that's great. But I think it's these connections between people that I really value and that I really just really fills up my gas tank. I do want to talk about Chicago because I have been, creeping on in the folder. I've been creeping around in the folder and it looks fantastic. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about your curation and how you, how you found these amazing people. Um, it just, I'm really excited about this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, Chicago's going to bring it, we're going to bring the heat you guys. (laughs) So the way that I wanted to approach this was, kind of similar to putting a board of directors together because that was so much of my world um, for four years. And I, I was part of this nominating committee uh, when I was working there where you have a group of people who interview and evaluate board candidates and you know just whether they would be a good fit to serve on the board. So there's like a list of things you're looking for and ultimately you want to make sure that you have a well balanced board meaning that you're bringing in people with different skill sets and professional backgrounds and different experiences and perspectives to you know help move your organization forward And so I wanted to treat this baker's box the same way. You know, I wanted to make sure that I was staying true to what you guys have been doing in New York and LA with wanting a range of talent. Um, And I wanted to be intentional about having a mix of Asian ethnicities too. So I wanted to make sure we had East Asian, Southeast Asian, um, as well as South Asian representation. You know, that's truly reflective of the people, the tastes and the flavors of the city and and not just Chicago, but also the surrounding suburbs as well. And then in addition, I wanted to open this up to all genders. Um, I knew going into this that the majority would be female um, and that happened to be true. And all of these women, they are a force. They're a force. But I, I would have been remiss if we didn't highlight some phenomenal men who are incredible chefs and bakers, too. And we're really fortunate to have some of them participate um, in this as well. So when I first started, you know, I had a couple names in mind. I had, um, I, I had a couple friends give me suggestions as well. Um, I knew of a couple top chefs and bakers who have done really well for the city, earned a lot of recognition. Uh, but I also wanted to highlight some of the legacy bakeries that we have around Chicago. You know, these are, these are the bakeries that our parents would go to, um, but how much do we really know about the people that work there? Um, you know, they're not going to be the ones who are going to be super active on social media, um, but I... They are an inspiration, right? I think to many bakers today who are forging their own paths to create Asian or Asian inspired desserts based on what they've done. So I gave myself a week to reach out to all 18 bakers. So, you know, kudos to you guys for doing the whole New York bake sale in two weeks. I think think that's incredible. Um, So I... I contacted all of them within a week, which was a little nerve-wracking. I was telling Arnold and Stephanie, I felt like I was kind of dating in my 20s all over again because I just, you know, you're not sure who's going to be interested, right? And some people were just harder to get in touch with. And you don't want to go overboard either with asking too many people because there's only so many spots to fill. And, And I will say that the majority of those who I reached out to, they were a quick, Yes, I'm totally in. Um, And then I had a few who really wanted to participate in this. Um, But, you know, times are tough right now. We're still in this pandemic. A lot of businesses have um, been severely impacted and they can only offer so much at this time. Um, but I think you have a lot of people who are really excited about this project and what this means for them and the AAPI community and doing this during Asian Heritage Month too. I mean, come on. Um, so I just I just know that these bakers, um, they're being super thoughtful about what they want to share and um, just looking at what they're coming up with. It's super creative. Um, some are doing their signature desserts. Some are doing something completely different and new. And I'm really looking forward to sharing you know, their stories with you guys. And you'll definitely hear more about them in the next month. But what I've learned from this experience and just learning from researching them and talking to them, I did find some common themes because um, I'm a data person. <laughs> so I was, I was reviewing all of their bios and You know, a lot of our bakers, they started out in different professions before getting into food. You know, so we have a former accountant, um, former lawyer, healthcare administrator. We have a baker who studied biochemistry, someone who studied molecular cell biology. We had someone who worked in the entertainment industry before they found their calling for food. And they were all successful in those industries before they pivoted. And, you know, I kind of want to call this out because. I think, and I'm not trying to generalize, but, you know, sometimes in Asian culture, if you're in a stable, well-paying profession and you're doing well, you know, the parents will question, well, why, why are you changing something that's not broken, right? And I think it takes guts, it takes courage, especially if you're a first, second generation who's wanting to come into your own, but going against the vision that your parents had for you, it can be a very difficult thing to do. I think even as an adult and to be able to take that risk and rise and excel in something completely different, I think that's something to be applauded. So I I just wanted to recognize that. Um, But I do think we have a solid lineup. A lot of our chefs and bakers have had to pivot over the past year, you know, with lockdown and quarantine, restaurants have, been hit hard and so they've had to get creative with their resources and what they offer and like I think many businesses if not all businesses you know they had to change the way that they operate Um, or they use this time to branch out to kind of do their own thing through pop-ups you know we have a Vietnamese Canadian chef who recently did a pop-up in the city earlier this month um, serving Vietnamese with Guatemalan influence um, which I thought was really unique Um, And then we have a baker who was one of the first in the city to have a dessert truck. You know, she won a cooking channel cupcake showdown um, did really well. um, And then has pivoted into other areas. We have a former top chef contestant um, chefs who have worked at Michelin star restaurants, not only in Chicago, but also around the country. Um, Jeannie Kwan from Kasama. uh, She used to work at 11 Madison park. and, And I told her like, Oh, Arnold used to work there and she's like oh yeah to this day I I still meet people um, you know associated from there or who have worked there um, and then we also have Qigong Bakery which is Chinatown's oldest and well-known baker a bakery um, the baker participating he is the original owner and now has passed it on to his children uh, to manage the Side of the business. Um, and then we also have a bakery out in the suburbs who's been around for almost 30 years. And um, what is also unique about this box, we have a confectioner. So she makes some of the best marshmallows. She's known for her bonbons and nougats. Um, so, in terms of what people can expect in terms of flavors, you know, we'll have matcha and ube flavored desserts. And then you'll also see a lot of, I think, authentic desserts that have a lot of meaning to the chef and to their respective culture and identity. So it's good. It's good. I'm really excited about it.
0: As we expand this concept and bring it to different cities, I think that that's not going to change. I, I want to continue to surround myself with people like yourselves. And at the end of the day, this project, while it features desserts and pastries, it's really about the person behind that pastry and that place. And it's intentional in the way we do it too, because actually something that happened the other day when someone picked up and at Steep, they were gracious enough to host us. Um, They actually have a few tables. And this was the first time that I saw people unbox it in front of me, because when we did it in New York, we didn't really have seating areas. So people all took it back home and we just had to kind of vicariously live through the content on Instagram. But for the first time I saw it real time happening. And so I had an opportunity to talk with everybody. And one person asked me why we didn't list the shop or the company that the person represented. And I said, we did, but you're going to have to scan that QR code and read everything. (laughs) So I just want to, you know, like the way we do things, it's very intentional. You know, we we really think about the details and we want to create like an experience around it because again, like, the, the beautiful pastries are what gets people right. It's the first impression, but I kind of want people to do the homework and educate themselves on why, why it is the way it is. You know, most of the the pastries that people select, it's usually an extension of themselves, right. Or it's an ingredient that they're very fond of growing up, or there's always some sort of nostalgia built into it because they want to make sure that they're representing themselves in this, in this box. So, um, I just wanted to end with that too. And I am so happy that you're both a part of this project. I'm so excited for Chicago and I'm really excited actually to meet Audrey. <laughs> that's what I'm also really excited about.
1: <laughs> yeah. I actually have her on the screen right now. I'm like, Oh, mommy's going to be doing a recording. So <laughs> the place needs to be quiet. She's like, oh, okay. I don't mind watching some TV. <laughs>
0: gosh that's amazing Stephanie do you have anything else you want to add before we you know put an end to the to this to this episode particularly
2: the one thing I was thinking when Anna was speaking was um, I just loved bringing her on board for Chicago you know I think um, she just brought a new um, you know sort of level of thoughtfulness around the project Um, as she was saying sort of highlighting these um, heritage bakeries that are institutions in in the city and um, including male bakers um, even just the way that she arranged our spreadsheet I texted her and I was like oh my gosh I love what you did with our spreadsheet Um, and I sort of nerd out about that stuff too but um, it's just been so fun and it really um, you know it really takes a village Uh, it's been a whole team effort beyond um, just our internal team at With Warm Welcome so I just want to Again just express how grateful I am for everyone who has been so supportive um, and generous in um, coming behind this project and um, you know thanks to you Arnold too for just um, really starting this um, I think it has so much potential and I'm excited to see where it's gonna go yeah I think for for anyone
1: who's interested definitely reach out to with warm welcome I think this is a grassroots movement that you guys are doing and and as a community I think the events over the past year have you know brought up a lot of mixed emotions for many of us and I know that we're each on our own journey of processing those emotions and you know a lot of us are kind of just fed up and we don't want to stay silent anymore and we feel we have a responsibility to do right and speak up so that future generations don't have to suffer. So whether that's through advocacy work or volunteering or working on a project like this, I think we're each contributing something positive to the conversation. We're celebrating each other and helping to share the stories of some fantastic Asian American chefs and bakers and the work that they do.
0: I'm just really excited. I'm really excited to be working with the wonderful people because at the end of the day, that's what it's about for me, at least um, like the food, and pastries like it's it's quite honestly secondary for me i think it's the vehicle it's a platform but at the end of the day it's about the stories that everyone has and like you said anna everyone's on their own journey but if we can kind of when if the stars align and we can get together and celebrate one another I, I mean that's really my definition of success and just sharing the wealth too so really appreciate you both super excited for chicago And I guess if you're listening, we'll throw some links in the episode description so you can follow Stephanie and Anna and the work that they do on their own respective accounts and also some information to come about Chicago. Let's see if it's Monday. Yes, Monday, people will know that we are coming to Chicago. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if you're listening, we will be opening pre-orders on Wednesday, May 5th on Talk. So that's going to be exploretalk.com backslash with warm welcome. I'll throw that link in the bio as well. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next
1: time.